It's time to take a ride on the Steelers' afternoon drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. You know what? It is time to take another ride on the Steelers' afternoon drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That's Alan Saunders. We only got one more of these tomorrow, Alan, up at training camp, but how you doing? What's going on? I know you're going to miss that place. I am. I'm going to miss the the softball dugout that I have inhabited uh, for the last three weeks on this podcast. We're going to have to find a place on the south side. I'm going to miss uh, watching practice every day uh, right up next to the guys and being able to take pictures and video of it, which I can't do at the south side. And I'm going to miss uh, Darnell Washington just just making the game of football look stupidly silly. Saw some fun stuff today. Oh, all kinds of fun stuff today. Can't wait to talk about it. And uh, and all kinds of stuff we got planned. So yeah, let's get to it. Uh, you mentioned Darnell Washington. I mean, should we just let the people see? I mean, I think right we away. should just let the people see. All right, right away. let's. They need. To... Three seconds. That's all you needed. <laughs> I went to Pat Fryermuth, and I was like, "Can you defend that?" And he's like, "I don't know how." And I said, "Like maybe with a ladder." <laughs> <So that's... laughs> There you go. It's impossible. It's impossible. He's so big and so strong. And I, I tweeted that, and it obviously got a lot of traction on Twitter. And I got a couple of people underneath him saying, like, oh, Matt Canada will find a way to screw him up. And I'm like, don't. Like, there we go. Don't. But here's the thing. Like, he is very, very, very promising. But also, like, it will. he is a bit part guy this year. He's going to play, like, I don't know, 15 snaps a game. Like, just chill. Just relax. Okay. We'll get there eventually. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're setting the bar as to like, oh, this guy needs to have like, you know, 40, ca- 40 plus catches and store five plus touchdowns. Uh, I mean, I you're probably no. setting yourself up for disappointment. No. Yeah. Promising talent. Let's let's just leave it there. But dude, it's super fun to watch. They ran a tight end screen with him yesterday. And it was like bowling pins. Just as the defensive backs went sprawling out of the way. Uh, I think one of the first things you think about when you talk about Darnell Washington is just how physical of a presence presence he is. And one of the first things that we seem to talk about every single day with Steelers practice is how physical the practices have been. Today marked a sixth straight one in pads for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Again, you don't see teams around the league do this. Nobody practices harder than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you've, you mentioned right before we started recording that you've been wrong several times saying, oh, they're not going to be in pads tomorrow. Uh how physical was today's practice comparatively and uh, go out on a limb. Are they going to be in pads tomorrow? Okay. So today's practice was not like the most physical one they've had. They actually did yesterday. There's a lot of inside run, which is very yeah. physical today. There was some thud where they're keeping guys up off the ground, even though they were wearing pads. But I just think the accumulation of like pads again, pads again, pads again, yeah. there are a lot of dudes walking off this practice field with ice bags and places. There's a lot of new bruises on arms. Um, it has been an extremely physical training camp. And you look at the injury report, and, like, there's some guys on it, no question. But it feels like they have largely well, – I'll knock on some wood up here – largely avoided, like, the big bad injury, right? Like, there has not yeah. been – they have not paid the price for their physicality. And so I think they seem to be walking that fine line pretty well. Another very physical practice today. Mostly um, between the receivers and the DBs, they really got into it in their one-on-one drills. You know, when they're in full pads, it really lets them – 
kind of go to battle in terms of like the press and things like that. And, you know, hand fighting and, and back in the end zone stuff, uh, you know, really full go. The running game today was not as full go outside of seven shots, which is usually uh, full go and certainly was today. Very physical in that regard. Is that where we want to go next? Well, I, I real quick, I, mean, I wanted to say, like, I saw uh, that they did another, you know, you mentioned the inside run, like they had another period dedicated to that 10 minutes or so of practice dedicated to that. Um, it seemed, at least on the surface, that maybe the defense bounced back a little bit today, especially within that front seven. They had a better day. Would that be a takeaway for you as well in that period? I think the defense, the run defense has looked better than it did early in camp. I thought early in camp, the Steelers run offense was way ahead. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like the run defense has gotten better, anchored by those guys in the middle. Braden Fajoko, uh, yeah. Keanu Benton got back to practice a little bit today. Didn't do a lot of team stuff, but he was so good in, in that preseason game. And then uh, Mon Adams, Cam Hayward, Isaiah Loudermilk, um, Armin Watts. Those guys have really, really been good in the run defense. And I think uh, we saw some of the edges do a little bit better today. T.J. Watt and Marcus Golden feel like they're doing a better job of setting the edge. There were still some plays in the running game for the offense, but I feel like this is maybe one of the defense's best days in terms of stopping the run and, and bottling things up. Uh, before we go to the seven shots, too, you mentioned Armin Watson there. I kind of like not saying he hasn't been good because you you said he's been you know fine, he's been solid. But Mike Tomlin, you know, saying him by name that he was impressed with the camp that he's having, I think you know bodes pretty well for his chance of making this roster too. Yeah, I mean, Mike was asked about him, so he's going to give an answer. But I think you know, just in general, like. He's just a very professional guy. Been there, done that. I, I think he's a hard guy to, to really uh, nitpick. Like, what, like what's wrong with his game? You know, he is exactly who they signed him to be, and I, I think he's done a very nice job of it. They've kind of rotated. So, like, Larry Ogunjobi's still out with that uh, foot-ankle injury. And uh, so it's been a little bit of ladder milk. It's been a little bit of um, Watts. It's been a little bit of Adams playing off the nose. It's been a little bit of DeMarvin Leal. It seems like all four of those guys have kind of split up those reps that have come with Larry Ogunjobi out. And so I don't think that's really answering any of our questions about who's getting cut from that defensive line because they're all playing and they're seeming all playing pretty well. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's go to the fun stuff with seven shots, which fans always look forward to. It seems like tweet by tweet. We're just refreshing our timeline to see how things are going there. Um, Another one of those days. I mean, we can go at this rep by rep if you want, but again, I asked you yesterday if it was common or not, that seventh shot, the ones come back out. We got ones on ones again. So just go through seven shots for us. Yeah. Mostly running five runs and two passes. Uh, And the first team, Running offense got stuffed. I was this the first time I think they gave the ball to Najee Harris more than once and he making the end zone. Two Wait, two stops. Okay. Before before we go further, you mentioned Najee Harris. I actually got asked about him, obviously not on the show, not even by like in the comments or anything like that. Literally somebody was just texting me about I it. I got asked about and, him today, actually, too. At practice, person on the sideline wanted to know. It was not a question shouted from the crowd. It was from uh, see, doesn't the, count doesn't the, count like, then. In the like uh <laughs> I don't know what you call the little area where like friends and family area, I guess you call Okay. It. But, yeah, like his name just hasn't – we haven't seen his name a ton, you know, and getting a ton of reps. So I don't know if that's something that, like, has been noticeable too, like him not working as much and and what the reason could be behind that. Is it – you know, obviously he got hurt in training camp early last year and it kind of affected him for quite a bit. So are they just managing his reps in training camp and don't want to, you know, have that same thing happen again? Yeah, I mean, I think they learned their lesson last year. They don't need Najee Harris to be good right now. They need him to be good in the season. Uh, they're 
I mean, Jalen Warren's been taking probably more reps than Harris with the ones. Um, and we're seeing, you know, Warren a little bit with the twos, but mostly Anthony McFarland with the twos. And then, you know, with the threes, it's been all these other guys, Darius Hagans and Greg Bell and, and Zazavian Valde today. Um, so, you know, it has been mostly Warren, really. It hasn't been a lot of nausea. And I, I think that's very, um, I think it's very intentional. They, they are not looking for big production for him out of training camp. Really, of all the guys on the team that had the things to do, boxes to check this training camp, outside of, like, pure veteran guys like Manka, Cam, TJ, like, Najee might be, the, might be the young guy with the least to do. You know, he needs to prove himself more in the regular season, but I'm not sure there's very much he can do to prove himself at this setting. He's already a really good pass protector. He already is in the right spot most of the time. He's been working on his vision. He's big. He's strong. He's physical. He's durable. But, like, he doesn't need to prove that. You know, we, we know it. We've seen it. So, I just think they're being intentional about uh, how much they use him, what situations they put him in. But uh, did run him twice in the line today and got stuffed both times. Isaiah Loudermilk, really good camp, man. The most improved player on this team from this time a year ago till now. Uh, he's been really good. And uh, the rest of that defensive line looks solid. So, good good day for them today. Um Najee stuffed twice. Jalen Warren got in. And then uh, Kenny threw high incomplete to Deontay Johnson while rolling right. He was open. I believe he beat Joey Porter Jr. And then went with the twos. Uh, Anthony McFarland stood up and then got like a great second push behind Kendrick Green and Kevin Dotson. And, uh, and he got in. And then uh, – the next one, Warren, just untouched off the right side. Uh, and that was Spencer Anderson over there playing right tackle, really caved in the, the, the left end of the defense there. Uh, Miles Killebrew came flying up from safety to get a hand on him way late, but he didn't really have a chance. Uh, so very, very nice drawn-up play and, and well-blocked there for Warren to walk in. And then, again, tied 3-3. My tongue was like, I want the ones again. They brought him back out. Kenny rolled to his right. George Pickens ran a slant and just – I, Patrick Peterson just kind of held on for dear life. There was no stopping that play. He was just he, – he's – he's. If, uh, we keep talking about George and the expanded route tree, and, like, if he's doing stuff like that, it's it's not really fair. It's not really stoppable. Mm. Would you say that uh, he's more talented than Justin Jefferson, then, based off what you're saying? Ah, so, yeah, <laughs> Justin Jefferson and, and George Pickens compare. I don't even know where that came from, yeah, right? Like, uh, why those two? But Ryan Clark on – was it NFL Live on, on ESPN, I believe? Yeah. Uh, compared George Pickens, and he said yesterday that he thinks George Pickens is more talented than Justin Jefferson. Which drew Uzanaz from their little panel there, including Adam Schefter and Dan Orlovsky and, and a couple other guys. And and I think he backed it up pretty well. Like I, you know, talent and production are, are very different things. And and obviously the most talented player is always not the most productive. Um, so Patrick Peterson was asked about it today. Got smoked by George in seven shots today, and uh, he said he agrees. Um, you know, he said George is raw, and he said that. Jefferson is, is, you know, a savant. He's, he's the guy, the technician at that position. That's why he's the most prolific wide receiver in the NFL. But he's, in terms of talent, he'd take Pickens. And then Minka Fitzpatrick was asked the same thing, and he agreed too. 
Uh, obviously, guys are going to go to bat for their teammate. But, I mean, Patrick Peterson's been a teammate with both of them. And these are guys that are respected nationally around the NFL. They're not going to just come talking garbage just because that guy plays for them. You know, they're going to give their opinion, and they certainly have a platform to do that. And the idea that George Pickens could be better than Justin Jefferson is, frankly, like, nearly terrifying. Because uh, – but I, I think I agree. Like, physically, tools-wise, yeah, like – Absolutely. What can what can just what can Justin Jefferson do that George Pickens can't do? And then flip that question. And I think we've seen Justin uh, George Pickens do some things that Justin Jefferson can't do. Yeah, I think that the question is going to be for me, like, and they could be answered this year with this expanded route tree if George is able to translate that in game. Um, I, I so I've had this conversation with several people, um, and, and that again, this is something that could change this year, but at least just looking at him at Georgia, looking at him last year, while I obviously love the profile of George Pickens, he never seemed like he was going to be like a high volume pass catcher. And that doesn't mean that he can't be like, you know, the most talented guy because talent and production are two different things. But do you think that there is a guy within there that can be, you know, a 80 to 100 plus reception type player? I think George Pickens has the talent to be the best wide receiver in the NFL. He has an unbelievable combination of size, speed, explosiveness, and hands. There's nothing outside of his mental ability, dedication to the game, and 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 you know health that will that would stop him from being great. Now, I'm not saying that that he's lacking in those areas. I'm just saying those things require time to prove which he has not had yet, you know, like I, I can't say after one season, someone's like mentally great at this game. Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta get there. I don't think he's at Justin Jefferson's level when in terms of his route crispness, his, his precision, his, you know, his, the way he thinks about routes and sets things up, you know, sometimes we'll see, you know, George makes all these crazy catches and sometimes we, I think I, we see George kind of run himself into a bad situation where maybe he didn't need to be. And, you know, Pat Pete said there's things he's trying to clean up. He's a young guy still. He's in his second year. And and that's like, what is the ceiling for George Pickens? I I can't say that there is one. Like the ceiling is a Hall of Famer. That's the ceiling. That like to me, that like, that's the right answer. Like, will he get there? I don't know. Uh, it will require, like I said, dedication, intelligence, um, emotional maturity, health, luck. Um, but that's the ceiling for me. I, I, he can be as good as he wants to be. I, I really think that. I think there is something to be said about, obviously, like the offense that they're playing in too, right? I mean, like I just mentioned, the talent doesn't necessarily equal production, but uh, you know, everybody's raved about Kevin O'Connell's ability to it, to put up yards and points within an offense. Say what you will about Kirk Cousins, but he's always gotten production out of his top receiver wherever he's been. Um, I don't know that you can say the same about a Matt Canada-led offense, and last year, obviously, a a transition from Mitch Trubisky to a rookie Kenny Pickett. So it's going to be interesting to see. I think another, I wanted to ask you something else about George because he's talked about it and whoever defensive backs, like the ones that have covered him in practice have talked about it, about making routes look weird, like just doing something a little bit different, kind of like at the top of the route before he breaks off. What does that meant? What does that mean? And what have you seen like from that? Like, what is your takeaway from that? Yeah, it's, 
it's interesting because Patrick Peterson said in the same quote, like he's raw and unpredictable, but then he kind of talked about how his unpredictableness is like, it, it can be a benefit. Um, mm-hmm. You know, George does some unusual things with his body uh, in terms of like the way he gets from point A to point B that are not necessarily like the way you would teach it to a wide receiver. It really works for George because he's just a freak. And uh, we've called him an alien on an episode of this podcast yeah. already. I'm um, not backing down from that. No, is an alien, a hundred percent. Like if something, look, if, if in the background of this video right now, like a UFO just goes, bloop, 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 George Pickens is on it. That's that's what's happening. It's going on. Um, but he, it's you know, there's okay, it works for him, but also there's a reason that that's not why they teach it that way. You, you know what I mean? And so like him being. It's like a change up for a pitcher, right? Where like guys get used to people doing things one way and then you're doing it the other way and it's an advantage. That will only be an advantage until teams really um, get a beat on exactly the way he does things. And then if now the change up, once you're expecting the change up, then becomes an easier pitch to hit, right? It's only a change up when it's different. And so I think we'll need to see some growth from George in terms of just the, the, like, he has great body control when he's going up in the air to get the ball. It just seems like there's some certain times where, like, like you're saying, like, at the top of his route, where he's, like, a little bit inconsistent, a little bit different, and it's not the most efficient. But it seems to be working. I'm just not sure it will continue to once guys kind of get used to it and make an adjustment. And, obviously, it's going to take a special kind of cornerback to take advantage of that anyway because you got to be able to press a giant super fast guy and not get beat. But – you know, I think there is something there where there's there's still parts of his game that, that are developing, that are working. He's still getting better. And I think the I think the mental, not necessarily mental, um, I, I think the emotional part of the game is still something that he is getting his head around. You know, he's a guy that really, like, uh, great competitor, uh, wears his heart on his sleeve. I think sometimes he lets the last rep affect the next rep, though. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, that's where if you're looking at like a, like a true professional, like you've got to be able to, whatever just happened, like good, bad, ugly, painful, great. Like you've got to have that, that timer in your head where it's 30 seconds and, and the next play is going and that, that can't matter anymore. You know, there was, I don't even remember like if we ever talked about what happened, but there was that, like he was in tears on the sideline last year in Atlanta, like, I don't, you know, I'm, that's not saying that like guys can't be in tears during a game. I'm just, I don't think he's quite there in terms of like the level of professionalism uh, in in handling the emotions of the game. I think that's one of the reasons that Allen Robinson is going to be such an asset to this receivers room and to this team, and that he is really, you know, not to take anything away from Deontay Johnson, but Deontay is not that kind of big personality, and Deontay has had a lot of success, but he's not done some of the things that Allen Robinson has done. He has not done it for as long as Allen Robinson has done it. He's much more that sort of old vet, been there, done that guy that can kind of take a younger player under his wing and develop him. And I remember in the episode where we talked about Mike Tomlin and and how he set this entire camp up in, in such a strategic way, I think, you know, you could really tell that Part of the reason they got Allen Robinson was to run out of the slot and catch third down balls. But part of the reason they got Allen Robinson is to help George Pickens become the best version of himself. And I think we're seeing that here uh, through the course of training camp. 
Yeah, we spent a good portion of an episode just looking at how the Steelers have paired these vets with the younger players that they've brought in, and it's just being like a perfect marriage um, and a great way of going about doing so. Uh, so we know how fans obviously feel about George Pickens, and obviously, you know, the, the media is catching on. They see what you see every single day. There was one frisman jackson quote that i remember you telling me about where it's like i don't want him to think that this is like i want him to think this is like routine we expect him to do this but other than that like what is your feeling in terms of how the team feels about george pickens i think the defense absolutely loves competing with george pickens because he just brings it every single day and i think they are just thriving off that competition man there was a ball yesterday Minka closed on like a 10-yard out from playing, I don't know if it was cover one or cover three, but he was like a center field safety. He comes flying over to the sideline, bats the ball down, breaks the pass up at the last second. Minka does not talk crap. He does not celebrate. He does not do any of that stuff. He is like a mm-hmm. mouse on the field. He will, he will talk, but like he's not in people's face. Like, that's just not who he is. But the whole defensive – it was right in front of the defensive sideline. The whole defensive sideline was up at George and barking at him and, you know, clapping in his face because he's that guy to them. And I think I love that competition. Um, He's got to make sure that it doesn't uh, carry over into the field in a bad way. There's a play today. They're in one-on-ones, wide receiver, DB. And, you know, those drills aren't fair for the DBs. But uh, he's over the middle and kind of torched James Pierre – and, and Pierre was, like, kind of diving at his ankles to keep him from getting in the end zone. And as uh, Pickens was sort of, like, stepping away from him, he kind of, like, looked back and pointed at him. And uh, Daryl Young, who's the Steelers, I don't even remember what his uh, – what's, 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 what's Steelers uh, – I don't know what his um, – he's the player development director, Daryl Young. Mm. They'll call him D.Y. He was a fullback for the uh, Washington Redskins back in the day. And um, he's oftentimes one of the referees of training camp when they don't have the NFL referees in there. And he threw a flag on George for a um, personal foul penalty for pointing at, at Pierre there at the goal line. You can't have that. And then, but, you know, Pierre came over – or uh, Pickens came over to him and he was talking to D.Y. And, like, I just love that he, he has – I love the fire. I love the emotion, the passion that he brings. I think it's good for the team. It definitely needs to be channeled into a productive way when we get uh, in between the white lines on a Sunday. But uh, it's so much fun to watch. It makes being here so much more enjoyable. Like training camp with George Pickens is so much better than training camp without George Pickens. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, because you always have the possibility of seeing, you know, a UFO come down. And so it's just the, the mere presence of George Pickens presents that possibility. Would the UFO be decked out in Steelers gear and <laughs> what would our rating be of an UFO uh, I mean on the Steelers after them dra- like if an alien ship lands in this baseball field right now and it's got Steelers bumper stickers all over it like how many Lombardi trophies would that be like six seven years? because then we're going to be winning the seventh I'd be assured if you lose the Super Bowl with an alien wide receiver like that's it's probably bad then strip one actually and they're back down to five maybe maybe that's, that's what i would say um did you have so obviously i get to some a youtube thing here but did you have yeah, any yeah, takeaways yeah, from uh practice today other than what we've hmm. already covered uh worked a lot of diamond nickel 
Um, mm. For the first time, we've seen heavy doses now because they're getting healthy. Of the three safety heavy nickel with KZ, Neil, and Minka all in there, we also have finally seen what I'm going to call, and I don't know if it has a name, but since that's a heavy nickel, I'm going to call this one the skinny nickel where they move uh, – Patrick Peterson into the slot and Joey Porter Jr. comes in outside. So he was not a full, full participant today coming back from that ankle, but he did most things today. Trey Norwood just did indies. Keanu Benton just did indies. Still no uh, – Nick Kwiatkowski just did indies. Still no Larry Joby. Still no Nate Herbig. Um, I think that's all the injured guys. But uh, good to see those packages come together. I know that's something that you've been looking for all camp. Uh, really is to see like what does the nickel look like what does yes. the dime look like so kind of right now what i'm seeing is like normal nickel shannon sullivan wallace peterson what i'm calling a skinny nickel porter peterson wallace the heavy nickel peterson wallace neil and then casey and fink and minka in the back and then the dime um quan alexander was working as the dime linebacker and then they had the three safeties and the three corners. So it was Porter, Peterson, Wallace, Neil, Fitzpatrick, KZ. So six DBs, wow. but three. Yeah. So it's like a heavy dime, three corners, mm-hmm. three DB, three safeties. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, good to know. That's what the people are looking for. Um, <clears throat> so this is funny because yesterday's truck was actually a tweet that came to us from Tyler Hernley. This YouTube comment is from Tyler Hernley. So he's, he's stealing the show all of a sudden. Um, but he said the Kendrick fullback or Kendrick green fullback experiment is one. I'd be very intrigued to see pan out, but even if he makes the 53, would he be a guy that gets a hat every week? That's a very good question. And I think it makes like, if the answer to that question is no, then I think it makes any advantage that Kendrick green might be making for himself by looking good as a fullback, uh, basically negated. Like if he's going to do that, he would have to dress now. If you're picking your 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 what is it forty seven of fifty three that play forty eight of fifty three that play, yeah. Would you rather have fourth guard Kevin Dotson or backup center slash fullback Kendrick Green? I think that's a very interesting question that I'm not sure there's a correct answer to because like Kevin yeah. Dotson is the better player. There's no mm-hmm. question about that. But the circumstances that you would need Kevin Dotson to play back-to-back interior offensive line injuries seem fairly far-fetched. I mean, they, they don't have three – they don't have four tackles, right? And tackles a far more important position. So, I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, and the fact that Kendrick Green has been playing a lot of special teams also kind of leads mm. me to believe that, that he would be in consideration to get a helmet. He's been working on punt, uh, punt safe – um, punt block, field goal block, and, and field goal protect. And not just like as the sort of guard on those, but as like a wing back, like a fullback would be doing. And I don't know. That's, that's a, it's, it's the question in terms of really, like is Kendra Green's fullback ability enough to make him make this team? They want somebody other than Connor Hayward to be able to play fullback. Like they need another fullback. They can't just have one guy that can do it. And I don't know who that is if it's not Kendrick Green. Um, So I don't know. I think the thing that this, I think the Steelers really want Kendrick Green to step up, win the job. He had a nice day today. I thought he he really had one of his better practices at center. Um, Mm -hmm. But 
I, I think they really want him to, to step up and take that job because it's the easiest solution. Everything else starts to get messy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you want one more? This yeah. is kind of going back. This is kind of going back to uh, yesterday's conversation a little bit, though. So, but that's all right. Um, Beach Boy Mally says, "Why?" So this was in reference to giving Pickett credit for um, his, his drive in the preseason. Why, though, against second and third stringers, can't give that much credit for two reasons. One, it looks just like last preseason. Need to see that ten times versus ten starters, or it's fluky. Well, I agree with the fluky part. You know, it's one yeah. drive. We saw, and I think I said that two days ago, is that like we saw one drive from the Steelers' offense many times last year. Uh, we did not see consistent offensive production over the course of the game. Um, and you know, you can only play against the guys that are out there. Tampa did not dress nearly any defensive starters. You know, so yeah, we should expect the Steelers' offense to look good. Um, might get a better look from Buffalo this week. I haven't seen. Sean McDermott has a press conference yet or not. I, I don't I haven't seen one if there is one. Um so I you know, we'll see. Um, but you know, I think it's uh yeah, you kind of have to take what, what we've seen so far in preseason in context. And it did look like the same kind of stuff that we saw last year in terms of play calling. But like and I think the the but here is important, like the things that we some of the things that we saw, that context doesn't matter, right? Like that pass to George Pickens being in the exact perfect spot to let him turn up field away from the pursuit and get his shoulders square to the safety in time to beat him and score a touchdown. That has nothing to do with who's playing corner on that play. It doesn't matter. That could be me guarding George Pickens and that could be Rod Woodson. It doesn't make any difference. Like the, the, what we're talking about there is the precision of Kenny and George and being on exactly the right spot to get George free and get George yak. That doesn't matter. You talked yesterday about Kenny moving to his left and Kenny moving to his right and making those throws on the run dotted up to Deontay. It does not matter who was covering him, who was pressuring him, any of that. None of that matters. Like, that's just talking about evaluating those guys. Now, yeah. like, it, does this Calvin Austin's, uh, you know, touchdown happen if he's facing a number one corner? Okay, maybe like all right, maybe, maybe there's something to that. But I think most of what we were talking about was those things that we saw with that first team offense that are really, really strong signs for that unit. That I think some like not all that stuff is really opponent determined. It is just one drive, and 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 the meaning is limited unless you can be more consistent with it. Well, that's why a lot of the times I try to take, I mean, obviously you need the results to come, but I look at the process. That's why yesterday, like when I put out something on Twitter, it had nothing to do with the, the result of the drive. It had nothing to do with what Kenny's stats were on it. It was all about, okay, it looks like he's generating more velocity. Oh, I like his footwork in the pocket. Oh, I like the way that he's going out to his right, going out to his left. Nothing to do with what actually like was the result of the play. Yeah. Yeah. Process of results every time. I think that's important. Um, and the results were good, but like the good process is the thing that we're talking about there, right? Like if they had done all the things that I just talked about, like move to his left, move to his right, throw to Deontay, throw on the throw on the run, evade pressure, dot up George perfectly for some yak. If he'd done all that, and then like the, they they didn't score a touchdown, but they they moved the ball well, like I wouldn't feel differently about that drive. Like it would still mm -hmm. be just as good. Like the touchdown is irrelevant. It's it's what 
they did to get to that point. Right. But it was great to see it end with a touchdown by the most talented receiver in the NFL and George Pickens, future <laughs> Hall of Famer. Um, what I really we'll want to go is, do I want to go to RC and be like, all right, so is there anyone more talented than George? Like, where, where's the line? Yeah. Like, is, you know, uh, is Devontae Adams more talented than George? Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting conversation. Um, I think at the end of the day, we can, as a football viewing community, overrate the impact of talent. Um, the most talented guys are not the most successful guys. You, there's a lot more that goes into it than that. Absolutely. Um, all right, Alan, tell the people where they can find you, of course, as we leave off every show. Yeah, at Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter, at PGH Steelers Now on Twitter, on YouTube, where you should like and subscribe the Pittsburgh Steelers Now channel so that you first notification for this show, for next training camp reports, for practice sites and sounds, and everything else we have here on the YouTube platform. And SteelersNow.com is where we all live on the internet. Derek Bell, new analyst for SteelersNow.com, will be here on this show. Actually, he'll be there. Somewhere. Maybe there. I don't know. He'll <laughs> be in this in this region tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so excited about that. If you guys have questions for Derek, leave them here, and then we will ask Derek tomorrow. Absolutely. Uh, and his first piece on the site, uh, Breakdown. Yeah, yeah of talking about Nick Herbig's big game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can find me at Zachary Smith PGH on everything. Of course, like Alan said, like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, leave us comments uh, for Derek for tomorrow, and leave us a five-star review if you're listening somewhere else other than YouTube. Do all that good stuff for, for us. We appreciate you guys, as we always say. And uh, for Alan Saunders, I'm Zachary Smith. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.